are we theming this the Josh Hartnett episode, or or was um, that just the connection? That was just a connection. How about Black Hartnett it down? <laughs> Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are two rangers headed out to the Moog, Martin and Brady. You know what I think? Don't really matter what I think. Once that first bullet goes past your head, politics and all that shit just goes right out the window. If there's one thing I know, it's when someone is lying. A man in my position, that's all he has to go on. To know a lie when he hears it. It's the difference between life and death. Your own, someone else's. That being said, he wasn't lying. This week, we take a look back at a film inspired by true events. Black Hawk Down from Ridley Scott retells the story of American soldiers attempting to provide resolution during the Somali Civil War. The cast featured many of today's stars before they hit it big, including Josh Hartnett. What happened to him? Wherever he's been, it didn't stop us from digging back into Brady's bargain bin to find another of his gems. Only the dead have seen the end of war. There's there's a couple quotables in this. That was a solid a solid opening quote from uh from you know our boy Plato. <laughs> Always good for one or two. <laughs> there was uh, did anyone feel like there was a lot of uh, exposition in the beginning? Like there were like five or six screens where they were explaining what was going on. It felt like there a was. Lot. I feel like there was more than you you would normally see in a movie. They uh-huh. definitely set the table in a way that most movies movies either don't have to so i don't know it, I, I agree with you it felt noticeable I, I didn't remember that from from the first viewing this is only my, my second viewing of this movie do you think that's because again it's inspired by true events and based on true stories because like we're now in that age where things happen so fast that like people didn't remember it and especially when it came out in 2001 there was a, a couple other big things going on so like people wouldn't have like put this in the they need to like kind of refresh people and let people know what actually happened leading up to this. You know, I would say, and maybe I'm wrong. I would think with the events that transpired. I mean, obviously, I was younger when it was when it happened, but I would think to a degree, a lot of people didn't necessarily know all that was happening, and maybe this was a little bit of a an educational, you know, explanation for people. Like you heard about this, you know, that there was this genocide over over there but you know in terms of like the the granular details i think it 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 took a lot more to set the table for people that's just a hunch but i would agree as well like it's it's one of those stories that it's not necessarily crossing the the chicago tribune or chicago sun times every every day but you know buried in there and so people may not have read about it or heard about it so it's always interesting when they have like these inspired by um, true event stories. It's like, you know, what was the compelling reason to retell this story? Right. Like for those that lived through it, I mean, they probably don't want to again, but like, you know, what, what made this one so remarkable or, you know, worthy of a film adaptation? Martin. No, go ahead. (laughs) I believe it was based on a, I don't know if it was a book necessarily. I think it was based on like a long form reporting from God. I can't remember where the guy was from. I I, I did read it. Mm. I'd be I'd be make I'd be guessing and maybe making it up. So I I, I won't say. But I 
So I think there was a lot of uh, people wanted the the rights to this to to make it, and so I think there was obviously it could have been a lot of different ways. You've seen a lot of different retellings and of of you know the based on the true events, things that have happened in war and other and otherwise. So I think that this the writing when it happened was good enough and compelling enough that there there was a movie to be made in there, and so I think I think it was going to get made. I think, especially during this time frame, and and you know, both of you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they, I don't know who was kind of the first to do it, but this is right in the wheelhouse. It feels like of based on a true story, you know, there was a lot of of those historical retellings, and I'm sure people were kind of like, all right, let's like pump out the next one. So I know I've said this before. I absolutely love this movie. I've seen this a bunch. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's not without some flaws. But I really, really enjoy it from start to finish. I think it does a really good job kind of depicting, you know, this this event. And it is stressful. It is uh, suspenseful. It is well done. I think you have Ridley Scott at the helm, who is, uh, you may have heard of him. Um, you know, he is renowned for, for his work. And I think he does a great job with it. I think you know we can we'll dive into it the cast is just absurd on a level of looking back mary watched it with me it was her first time and she was like i i was consistently like you know who that is you know who that is and the problem is a lot of them look alike and so similar because they're all military cut and in gear and so it's hard I saw a note that I think Ridley Scott specifically wanted their names on their helmets. That's not commonplace, but he's like it, it had to help the audience decipher who was who during the you know all the all the events that were going on. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's great. Ridley Scott had a good couple of years there, huh? He had uh, Gladiator before this, and then uh, two thousand in two thousand, and then two thousand one Black Hawk Down. Very different movies, but but yeah, both both done really well. I think he's kind of proved that he can he can handle all genres, right? Like he's done yeah. Alien, he's done um, Blade Runner, uh, which maybe are b- both sci-fi, but different kinds of sci-fi. Maybe like more like horror and and sci-fi then, and then um, historical fiction, basically like Gladiator, and then hist- historical nonfiction like like this movie. And yeah, he he definitely is just. I feel like all his films look different. They don't have like anything that's super similar about them either. He just kind of does what needs to be done for the project. So definitely can, comes out, shines through here. Where do you stand on this, Martin? I, like I said, I only watched it once. I, I remember maybe not fully loving it. There's a, there was a lot going on, but um, this second viewing, I do remember a bunch of scenes from it. And I had forgotten uh, like, like the scene when they're out, uh, when they're trying to find the, the artery um and it keeps sliding oh, back yeah. in like i i vividly remember that and i forgot that it was from this movie so there are a few instances like that where i'm like oh yeah this movie's and and, and the whole way through i'm like this is probably one of the more like the one of the better more realistic war movies that you'll ever see but then i kept thinking i'm like you you can't talk you can't say it's the best because they're saving private ryan out there <laughs> um uh but uh but you know right right up in that i think in that uh it's it, it's Deserves to be in the conversation when you're talking about best um, depictions I, of war on on film. I read something that uh, is it. Um, I might get. The, is it Chris Kyle? Is he American Sniper? Was based on. I think Does that sound right. The that per, he he said somewhere in an interview that they show this 
to Rangers like coming in, um, or or maybe it's one of the other. Uh, maybe it's the naval U.S. Navy. I'm not sure, but they definitely uh, that it's like in the required viewing. Right, yeah. it's in the protocol. Like they kind of. It, I think to Martin's point, because it does a good job and it puts you really in the action and. And I think just in a really good way. And obviously, like you said, it's Ridley Scott is a huge part of that. But it just, to me, it is, you know, there's some there's some maybe unnecessary humor. I, I We're always looking for a little humor. And maybe there's some times I'm like, okay, you know, we might not have needed it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't need to go to silly when it's reality, right? Right. Like it's so... And maybe the you know the alternative if I if it wasn't there I might be saying like yeah just provide some levity right like <laughs> lighten this up but um, I definitely there was a little bit of uh, comic uh, comedy throughout in spots and I was like eh, I don't know I don't know personally if I felt Tom like Tom Hardy this time. Tom Hardy and Spud from uh, Train Spotting well you know Tom Hardy is always bringing the humor so <laughs> it's the only reason they signed him up I mean. Seriously, should we talk about the cast? I mean, yeah, it, it might take us the it. entire time, so we could. Uh, I mean, this is as deep of a movie as I can think of, where I know, like, another role that somebody else that that the character that the actor is in that I I can look at him and be like, oh, he's from this. Oh, he's from this. He's from this. He's from this. By the way, you'll know I said he because there are no she's in this movie. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> Does not pass the Bechdel test. One single female shot, and it's uh, she's uncredited. Fun fact: it's Ridley, it was Ridley Scott's partner. Huh. I, I thought you were going to say it was the the woman who picked up the gun. Oh, oh right. I'm sorry. I guess sorry. Yeah, no apologies. There wasn't. There was. There were some stray uh, Somali women, I guess. But yeah, I mean, this cast was, and so for me, this is probably the third time I've seen this, and. Honestly, like thinking back, I probably missed fifty percent of the like the main cast. Like rewatching, I'm like, oh my gosh, he was. Yeah, in you this? just didn't know that who they were at the time. At the time, it's excusable, right? Like, you don't you don't know in 2001 or or you know or whenever you watched it, you don't know what you may know them, but it's like it's very few and far between. There's other people in this movie, and they hadn't even come close to sniffing the levels that they are at or were going to get to. I mean, I did know Jeremy Piven in 2001. <laughs> so our our guy Hartnett, right at the top, right at the top of the list. Above the title, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett, he was highly, highly recommended by your boy Jerry Bruckheimer coming off of his Pearl Harbor run, which, okay. <laughs> that was not a good movie. But I don't no. mind Josh Hartnett. <laughs> so I'm not a huge Josh Hartnett fan. Um, I think I could have replaced him in this movie with a whole lot of other people and probably enjoyed it. And it probably would have been a better. Um, I don't even think he did a bad job. I just think he's yeah somewhat limited on what he can do. I think I think he got a little bit of bad rap. You asked um, Jelani asked in the beginning where where he's been. He does pop up in Oppenheimer, so he's still working. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's in yeah. the uh, the most the t- most talked about. Uh, Movie of the year, yeah. He's looking, looking, looking pretty good for you know, no, no worse for wear for the the years that have gone by because I haven't seen him in probably, uh, yeah, twenty years or so <laughs> in anything. So yeah, and we'll circle back to him because uh, yeah. you know he's he, one other movie that he has uh, has been in definitely P 
piqued our mind. But yeah, I he's it looks like he was in an episode of Black Mirror. I'm definitely not current on that show, so I don't know how if that's if you guys saw the new season. Maybe he's in that. I, yeah, I, I have. I'm only like one or two short of finishing it, but I don't remember seeing them. In, in I've the watched one. one episode of the new series or the new season, so yeah, I just maybe haven't got there yet. But, um, but yeah, there's a whole. Oh wait, lot no, of... yeah, I he, I saw the one that he's in. He's in the space one. Yeah, that's right. I almost forgot. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it was very <laughs> memorable that. for Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, it's with Aaron Paul from uh, from Breaking Bad. Oh, I saw his uh, picture. The guy. He, he yeah. got all the love because I saw his picture <laughs> on like the on the Netflix tile. Uh, probably a much bigger star. Ewan McGregor is listed next. I always like Ewan McGregor. Train Spotting, second person okay. from Train Spotting in this movie. What do you think? Yeah, you think of uh, no, you don't give him the Star Wars you know, love, huh? Uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I know Train Spotting. Where you? Where you? Uh, I like give me give me heroin heroin addled uh, <laughs> Ewan McGregor over uh, lightsaber Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Tom Sizemore, not to be confused with Sizemore in the movie. <laughs> right, <laughs> I thought that was a mistake at first. That's it's all in the yeah. grind, Sizemore. Wait, <laughs> did he? Yeah, did he make a mistake? Just like no, uh, Sizemore is playing a uh, complete badass. Uh, you will not be surprised, or at least I was not surprised. He's playing. He's just calmly walking around the battlefield, getting getting shot. Absolutely great. He's just the most Sizemore role. I just absolutely loved it. He totally like, did. Just walk very calmly uh, yes. out of out of the Humvee, <laughs> and like, all right, we'll get you out of here. He <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> upright. He is in no hurry. He is doing his own thing. He has seen some shit. Is what they're telling you. <laughs> when the one guy yells at him, he's like, "They're shooting at us!" And he like looks over. He goes, "We'll shoot back." That that brought an audible laugh from Mary. And I was like, yeah, it's great. This is Tom Sizemore. This is what I wanted out of Tom Sizemore. It's, he is, he's great. I just, I was, he's such a perfect cast for the, or perfectly cast in this movie. At least I think so. But Banna is next. So Banna was the one, like, thing that I remember the most from this film was just yeah. his character was just, like, the ultimate badass. It like, made Banna. He was, he was the coolest. Birth of, birth of Banna, birth of Hulk. It almost was not. And that was supposed to be Russell Crowe. Hmm. Ooh. It was supposed to be Russell Crowe. And Fresh off to, of Gladiator. According to the story, uh, Crowe turned on the role because he was doing Beautiful Mind, which turned out to probably be the right call. Probably the um, right call. Yeah. Oscar nom. Crowe was a huge fan of this Australian film Chopper that yeah, Banna I've starred seen Chopper. in. And he yeah. strongly recommended that Banna take the spot. That's and, funny. So he made that makes him. sense. Because Russell, yeah, Russell Crowe is, yep, they're both both uh, Aussies, so. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I assume they have Aussie love anyway, but, yeah, if the story, if the legend is true, Crowe essentially made Banna because Banna crushed this movie. Um, I watched the trailer for Chopper because I was intrigued, and Martin, you mentioned you'd seen it. Mm-hmm. Holy Lord, that is, uh, <laughs> that's a different movie. Yeah, it's a, it's like a he- heavy Banna, right? Yes, definitely heavier. He is. Yeah. He lost some weight for this role without at least in his face, yeah. and maybe he yeah. straight up cut it off. I don't know, but he. Yeah, for, all I really remember of the movie is that it's like based on some real, real life Australian. Some, that I think everyone in Australia dude. knows, but we never knew. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was something else. So Banas took off after this movie. He became. Uh, what do you guys think of Banna? This is actually what I think of Banna, the most for Banna. What do you guys think of? I would go Hulk. 
I, I would yeah, go Hulk too. Was it Hulk or the which one's Hulk or the Hulk? He's in the Angley, just Hulk. Because Munich, you know, he's Banner. Banner became Banner. <laughs> not to be confused with Banya. <laughs> not Banya. You Banya. <laughs> not Kenny Banya. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. My boy William Fickner. Oh, he's good. Who I I mean he just didn't nice. do much. Uh, no, probably not really. He just uh, this. He was probably the more, I would say, one of the more recognizable at the time. Mm-hmm. At, the yeah, time at the time, two thousand one. You're kind of, he was from Armageddon. Definitely knew. I was going to say, is that how Bruckheimer pulled him? He's like, hey, you were good in Armageddon. Let's grab you again. Right, probably. Um, pre his, you know, crushing five minute role in uh, The Dark Knight. <laughs> uh, TikTok sensation. You said you and Bremer, Bremner, Martin. Is, is that the guy, the other guy? That's the from guy from Train Spotting. Oh, is that um, the guy that went deaf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spud from from Train Spotting. Yep. I remember him from the Rundown. The run- Okay. Uh, Sean William Scott and The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was after this, right? Yeah, I think so. But that's yeah. that's how I remember that guy. I'm like, Got it. he's just a weird character in that film. And what's I'd have to, I can look him up quick. For some reason, I actually think he might have been in Pearl Harbor. Um, wouldn't surprise me. You know what's interesting is uh, he. You know he. Yeah, Martin, you said he he went deaf. He was he actually literally lost his hearing somewhat from all the from, gunfire from on anyway. set. And then yeah, so it was um, a sweet bit of irony that uh, he that was part of his thing. And I don't know that they changed it. You know when he to add that in or anything like that, but he. Yeah, he actually personally lost. Uh, he was in Pearl Harbor. I knew it. Um, he's also in Snatch. I don't remember him in that, but I know we all saw that movie. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't that. remember him in Snatch. Yeah, but anyway, I thought that was uh, interesting to me. Uh, but that, again, we talked about it. a little comic relief. I would say potentially more than necessary, but I suppose whatever. It's not the end of the world. Sam Shepard. I love Sam Shepard in this movie. The right stuff. What do you think of when you think of Sam Shepard? I definitely think of this movie, but I know he's done a lot more. And he was in our uh, the Pelican Brief when we did that. Julia ah, right. Julia Roberts' yeah. love interest. The, yeah, he was the drunk right. driver. Yeah, there's the there's this '80s movie, um, The Right Stuff. It's about the birth of the like Mercury and Gemini, the the first first space programs when they were just trying to basically get into mm. into space and just do a you know do a rotation and, and land safely. And he was he was a big big part in that. It's a long movie, but it's pretty good. If you're interested in like any kind of space travel, yeah, I definitely didn't really know him. I mean, I obviously you could tell by his age. I mean, he's obviously been around, but I didn't yeah. really know him from anything. So I hadn't seen that or anything else kind of in the '80s, and or I didn't recognize him from being in the Pelican Brief, which I definitely had seen. But I love him as General Garrison in this movie. Yeah. I always, plays, I always think of yeah. him. I think he plays. I think he crushes the role. Absolutely, good general. Big fan. Big fan. What about? Gabriel Casillas, Kurth. So Kurth is the uh, he was Denzel's brother in Fallen. Oh, Fallen, I haven't seen that in a minute. Yeah, because when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's where I know him from. Because he, uh, yeah, he gets when the when the demon jumps into like Denzel's son, um, he beats him up, <laughs> and I just remember he like sits in the corner crying. Interesting. I do not. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember enough of Fallen. I can remember John Goodman and Tony Soprano. 
Um, Elias Cotes is in Fallen. He's the... That sounds made up. Casey Jones from TMNT. <laughs> I don't know that name. Elias Cotes. Uh, you'd know him. He's in uh, He's if in I Shooter, too. Oh, now listen. He's the one that gets his fingers blown off when he's holding the shotgun against uh, Kate Mara's head. Nice. Classic Elias. <laughs> um, Kim Coates? Where do you know Kim Coates from? You know what? I know him for sure, but I don't. I couldn't give it to you, Martin. Do you know him? Feels no, like you got you got I, a Kim Coates. No, I don't even have the. Nope. Go for it. Last Boy Scout. He's nice. the one that Bruce Willis breaks his nose and shoves it into his brain. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was such a big moment for me as a kid watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Being told that that's what happened. That's how he killed him by shoving his nose into his brain. I'm like that can happen. Busted his nose into his brain. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, see, this is why this cast is amazing. Um, Hugh Dancy, who went on to star, uh, like essentially co-star in a show, Hannibal, that I absolutely loved and think is supremely underrated. It was on NBC, so Martin never watched it. Nope. Doesn't do network television. Don't do network. Dude, that show is so unbelievable. Visually, it's like... I've heard. And it it's got your gorgeous. boy. The Hannibal Mads, is played by... Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. yeah. It is... It is something that should never have been on network TV. Like there were times I was watching it and like, how is this on NBC? It is so good, so good. Damn it! And uh, yeah, a young Hugh Dancy. I was, uh, I mean, very recognizable. But I was going to say was, everybody in this film is pretty young, yeah. with the exception of Sam Shepard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kim Coates is always the same age. I've never seen him. Next was Ron Eldard, who I only know from ER, but I'm sure it's totally. been some other shit. He was a pilot, Durant. He played uh, he Michael Durant. We will not leave you. Um, I'm going to say Ian Gruffin. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his. I think it's Ian, even though it's they threw an extra vowel in there. Yeah. Where do you guys know him from? Um, I know him from the Fantastic Four. There you go. I don't know. He's like the main guy in the first Fantastic Four movie. Is that right? First two. Yep. He's okay. Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Can't imagine why that movie didn't take off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had Jessica Alba. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I do love Jessica her, Alba. But, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's my... Um, Tom Geary? Oh yeah, who every every person our age knows, but may, maybe not knowing his name, but Tom Geary. Martin, do you know who Tom Geary is? Mm-mm. He was Yurik nope. in the uh, in the movie. Who they shot at? Who Twombly and Nelson were shooting at? And he's like, "Fuck you, come to yeah. me." You yeah, know, yeah. you didn't recognize him. No, Sandlot baby. That's Smalls. Smalls. Oh, that is Smalls. That's yeah. Wild. Let me see him. Everybody knows Smalls. That's what I'm saying. You're killing me, Smalls. I can't believe I didn't. I didn't. I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah, he looks. He looks different. He looks grown. I was gonna say, ironically, not young compared <laughs> to what everyone knows him as. Um, yeah. So Smalls. Uh, Smalls did did make other movies along the way. Um, I did not know Charlie Hoffheimer. Who played Smith? But Martin, you talked about it earlier—the scene with the uh, the femoral artery. Yeah, yep. he—that's him on the table, right? Um, 
However, it's who could have been that role. It had to drop out because he got hurt during uh, basic training when they uh, they went and trained for this movie. It was supposed to be Ben Foster. Oh, that, friend, friend that, of the pod. Yeah, Ben Foster would have been great uh, I in this mean, movie. You, throw him into the mix. Throw yeah. a Ben Foster. Like, if you could have possibly made this cast more absurd, it was there. Got hurt training for it. Unreal. Unfair. I mean, the kid, honestly, this dude who I've never heard of did pretty damn good in that scene. But yeah, no, not to, not to take anything away from him. Um, you know what's funny is he looked like I almost thought it was the dude from Billions. Who's like a, I think he's like a comedian too. If you, I don't know if you know who yeah, I'm talking McPhee. about. McPhee. Yeah, he yeah. kind of, I feel like he kind of looks like McPhee. Maybe I'm wrong. I've seen that, I've seen that actor, uh, or seen that comedian at the um, uh, Comedy Cellar in New York. I bet you have, Ben Warren. I have, yep. <laughs> um, but yes, he does kind of look like him. Um, his name. Now, did you recognize Danny Hawk, who played Pilla? Pilla's dead! You got shot on the 50 cal? Because I recognized uh, I him. I did not. No, Dan Soder is a comedian's name, by the way. Dan Soder. Uh, so I recognize Pilla. Mar- uh, Jelani, do you know where I'm going with this? No, because I didn't recognize Pilla. He is in a movie, and I'm pretty sure Martin's going to remember this called White Boys. Do you remember this? About a rap group from chicks? Iowa City. A rap group from Iowa. You don't remember? <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> It was from 1999, and dude was Funny. one of the rappers in that movie. And and so when he was in this movie, I was like, dude, that's a dude from White Boys. Unbelievable. It's just, <laughs> I was like, it was a complete shot in the dark that you would know who that was. But no, it was uh, a shot I was willing to take. Uh, yeah. Pill is dead. Uh, Jason Isaacs, who definitely recognized at the time, he was Sergeant Steel, Captain Steel. Hard yeah, ass. Lucius Malfoy. What's that? Uh, He's yes. uh, Malfoy in uh, Harry Potter's. Mm-hmm. That was that after this though. That was, yeah, it was after I think. He was uh, before this, the year before, the Patriot, Colonel Tavington. Yeah. Yes, the guy that you were meant to just hate completely, yes. very over the top. He definitely didn't uh, stray far. He still wanted to hate him in this too. Um, Zelko Ivanik, always a classic. Just like. You know him we from a million him? places. You should never trust him. You just, you shouldn't even have listened to his directions in this movie. No, terrible. That was uh that was one of the notes uh, that I had was that the the crew in the sky. So Ivanek and uh, Landry's dead. They were both sitting. Dead, they were just like giving directions, just like, oh, well, this is the information we got. And they're claiming they were getting it from JOC. Yeah, it was all yeah. a delay. It was on delay. And they were just like, well, we don't have anything else new. And Sizemore's just down on the ground, like, you guys are killing me. Like, literally killing me because you don't know what's going on. Yeah, they seemed a little disinterest- disinterested, right? In the whole thing. Like, sorry, nowhere else to go. Oh, I'm showing Ivanik was in four episodes of Suits. Uh, see, I know him from 24. One of the most popular shows on te- on Netflix? Netflix, for sure, is pushing it hard. <laughs> You're not watching it. You're doing it wrong. Johnny, I meant to tell you, there was a guy at work who said he started watching it, and he really, really liked it. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, I heard from man. somebody else, too, that I did the same. T- I'm like, I'm very close to giving it a shot. I got to tell. It's it's a it's a creative show. I just feel like the, the hype is too big for you guys now. That yeah, I- totally. No. 
Yeah, it's correct. Just, it's it's it's, fun, it's more fun as the joke. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely not something I could actually watch because for fear of liking it. Um, yeah, Glenn Morshower, that's Landry's dad, who we uh, definitely shouldn't know by name, but recognize a hundred percent of the time as Landry's dad. Really owned the like, uh, like police military vibe after Friday Night Lights. Just he does, he lives in that world. It's very uh, John Voight esque. John Voight's a politician, crushes it. Just you know, typecast away. Exactly. Hey, it's it's solid work. Listen, it might yeah. it might not be top billing, but you're going to get a job. Exactly. Put yourself in three, four movies. You might need it. Who knows? Uh, we got Ari, Jeremy Piven. Ari Gold. Now that's what everyone's going to say, right? If you say, "What's Jeremy? How do you know Jeremy Piven?" Entourage is the right answer, but Martin, there's no way that's how you know Jeremy. No, uh, Judgment Night and uh, Very Bad Things. Wow, I see a PCU. And PCU, of course, PCU. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I was going deeper than, than just uh, Very PCU. Bad Things. I agree with you. Um, uh, I don't know Judgment Night, but I feel I think like he was PCU. in a bunch of other John Cusack movies too. Like, um, well, they had a connection. One, one right? Crazy Summer. Yeah, they're both from the suburbs of Chicago here. But then they had like a huge falling out. I think too. I think yeah, I think so. I think so as well. But like in the eighties, he Cusack just pulled him along into into all these projects with him. I think I think it was one crazy summer or one of the other movies by that same director. Um, yeah, Piven's Piven's been a mainstay for a while. Because don't Piven Piven's parents are own like a theater in Evanston, right? That like yeah, Cusack and a bunch of people went on to. The right track there. I think we talked about this maybe during our uh, Gross Point Blank viewing. Maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. could be wrong. I had a buddy who. Um, was in Evanston and he was out at a bar and he said that Cusack and Piven were there and Cusack was very standoffish but Piven was like a man of the people like talking to everybody signing autographs taking pictures so that might have uh, swayed my view on on Cusack even more okay right you're not a fan Cusack is my uh, my Sandra Bullock (laughs) (laughs) don't need him you guys can have them. I think the difference is that everyone seems to like Sandra Bullock, and I don't know. The everyone seems to like John Cusack. Of Cusack anymore. Nah, maybe not anymore. But yeah, there was a time he had a moment um, when everyone stand next, for. Uh, I would normally um, skip Dobler. over this this next actor, but I got to bring him up. Brendan Sexton, who played Koaleski, he was from Empire Records. Yeah, stop okay, calling well, I was me Warren. You My chance. name's not fucking Warren. <laughs> he was in this you... movie though i didn't yeah i didn't see him I didn't recognize yeah him. he was there um and i saw i had a note down that he was and I knew the name too he said it was unhappy working on the film because it conflicted with his views on the u.s foreign policy mm. <laughs> yeah, and you don't say that when you get paid do you <laughs> he told salon.com after the film opened that he and another actor improvised a scene with anti-imperialist Imperialistic materials, but it all got cut. <laughs> I don't. So I don't know. They're, I wonder they're how that happened. S- sneak a message into uh, <laughs> yeah, this right. war representation. Yeah, it does feel like if you were against war from the U.S., you shouldn't be in a war movie. But I assume when you need paid, you are willing to just take whatever you can get. I thought that was uh, interesting. Wasn't this like heavily backed by the U.S. government? Uh, yeah, the Department of Defense. They, so there, I saw a huge uh, something where. For the longest time, they couldn't even get the U.S. to sign off on letting them use Blackhawks. And so uh, Ridley 
was like working out a deal with the Germans. They were going to use whatever the hel- whatever helicopters they have. They're going to like paint them black, but they don't look anything like it apparently. And then at the last minute, they they finally came to an agreement, um, and they were able to actually use Blackhawks. And it's all yeah. The Department of Defense was definitely involved, and maybe that was, I don't know. Maybe that's things have changed, and they now are just a little more understanding. And I I don't know why they would or would not, you know, want to be a part of that, but. So that just makes me think that there's a role in the government where your job is to basically say yay or nay about using military equipment, likeness, whatever, in movies. Like, you don't have to do anything with, like, being in the military or anything like that. You just have to give give the, the stamp of approval that says, yep, you can use a Blackhawk or, yeah, this is the type of weapons we use or, you so know, this is more job. realistic. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I guess, like, right? If you're gonna, if they're gonna throw their name behind it, they would, they probably wanted to make it, make him look good. Yeah, but again, another guy I would have skipped over, Johnny Strong. I feel like only Jelani could know who that is. What he was, was the character? He was the dude who called home, but the, to the girl, and she wasn't answering. Oh, because it went to her voice. He was it went like to her one, voicemail. Yeah, he's one one of the snipers who uh, fell down at the end. Or came down at the end to protect the pilot. And the reason I brought him up is because he was Leon in the original Fast and the Furious. Oh, that's right. Yeah? You got him? I know I know who he is. Oh my gosh, yeah. He was uh was he Gordon? No, he wasn't Gordon. He's uh Stuttgart or whatever. Stuttgart, yeah, or whatever, I don't know. So he was uh, yeah, he was the sniper or not the sniper, yeah. but he was the Delta Force in the helicopter yes. with Eldar. You got it. I mean got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta bring him that, up. He did look he looked very familiar. That's it's crazy that he was Leon. <laughs> what about Richard Tyson? I think Martin knows him. Yeah. Crisp from kindergarten cop. <laughs> Such a great poem. Everyone's everyone's seen Kindergarten Cop. That's uh, I mean it's the only other thing I think he's been in. So and <laughs> I just been, re- uh, watched it recently with the kids, so it was very, very prominent in my head. It looks like he could be like Tom Berenger's brother. Oh, that's a good call, yeah. By the way, it's number one on his known for. I'm yeah, not gonna ask sure. not gonna try to ask you to guess his uh his others, but that's uh I I would not have remembered that, but that's a great call. My boy Brian Van Holt. Yeah, John Stricker. from Cincinnati. He was uh he's just great. Got the jawline. He's just great in everything. Well done. This basic. Squat. We saw him yeah. previously in basic. Basic. That's right. He's there too. Yeah, love him. He's a good. He's a good guy to be in the cast. Um, someone who hadn't gone on to his greatest achievement was uh, Nikolaj Coaster Waldo Waldo. Yep. How did I do, Nikolai? Nikolai Coaster Waldo Waldo. Coaster Waldo. No. Um, the Kingslayer from. Yeah, uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, had had not even sniffed his greatness yet. He was just getting by on good looks, just trying to get his uh, American accent down. <laughs> he even had a speaking line in this. I think he did. I think I heard him. There were talking. an alarming amount of uh, foreign actors playing Americans. I don't care yes. in any sense of the word, but it's uh, there were a ton of like people Australians. from other countries. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Australians. Speaking of the Kingslayer, so apparently he has a film. And I think it's floating around on Netflix, but it's supposed to be like another one of those garbage crime dra- dramas that is okay. like really good. Like people have said, like it's better than like it's up there with like Den of Thieves. 
Are you going to make us guess what the name is? No, I'm not going to make you guess. <laughs> I'm just trying to put it out there in the ether so that people watch it and can. Well, I want to know what it is. Uh, I'll look it up. But oh, uh, so you are going to make us guess? You don't know the yeah, name. He doesn't know. No, I don't know the name of it. <laughs> He's saying he doesn't know. Is it Domino? No. Exit plan. The silencing. No, that doesn't sound right either. The last thing he told me. That's a show. Shot collar. Oh, I think I know what it is. Shot color? It's shot it might color, be shot color. Oh, newly released prisoner is forced by the leaders of his gang to orchestrate a major crime with a brutal rival gang on the streets of Southern California. So you're telling me this is good. That's what I've heard. Seven this thing is the best movie of all time. <laughs> and you'll love it. It's right up there with Suits. That's what I heard. Is that a Lake Bell sighting? It is a Lake Bell sighting. John Bernthal? In. Oh, Jeffrey Donovan's <laughs> in it. That's why Jelani's in. Burn notice. We back, baby. <laughs> Max Greenfield. That's great. Okay. That's Schmitty. That's Schmidt. Um, hey, all right. Cheddar Bob. Cheddar Bob makes an appearance. Cheddar too. Bob. There he is. Chopper. All right. I like it. Holt McElhaney. Oh, man. This is overdue. I'm overdue. Good call, Johnny. I'll put it on the. I'll put it on the list. That's fine. Uh, next. Next up is. Uh, I mean, it's crazy to see how far down he is. This is kind of as far as I was trying to get to. Tom Hardy. So far. How is Tom Hardy? And he's he's great. You know, he's he's a comedian in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy to think that, that Hardy's, like, just a bit player in this movie, considering what he, like, I mean, he's probably... Outside of you and McGregor, is he the most popular actor in this movie? In this fr- movie, one I haven't got to yet is possibly higher, although not of late. Yeah, not of late, but I would say, yeah, he. If you had to do a power ranking of these actors today, I think he probably would be number one. Top. Yeah, I would say number I'd one. I'd probably or two. put him number one. Who are we talking about? Orlando Bloom. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy still. Yeah, all right. Martin, you want to join the podcast? Yeah, someone wake Martin up. <laughs> we're just running off names, and Martin's like, uh, this is- we just went down for it. I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to say, did you already say who's the bigger one? Who's the one you think is bigger? Ultimately, is Orlando, Orlando Bloom? Bloom is probably yeah, that's what who I, that's what I was got the biggest. But get there I faster. Think, <laughs> yes, Hardy is probably. I mean, Piven was I really high. I just, I would think I would take Hardy off this. Of this, of everyone in this movie, yeah. Like if I mean, you had low on Hardy yeah. stock in this, you would have you would have cashed in big time. Hunter, mm-hmm. Hunter, I don't know. Phil Dunphy might be the big one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll vault past the rest of these names here. But I mean, this is how crazy it is that we're this far down. We still haven't gotten to Orlando Bloom. Haven't gotten to his two minute, you know, cameo in this movie. Apparently, was let you know vaulted him to the top of like a couple of major franchises. It's nuts. And then, yeah, a very deep Ty, Ty Burrell. Yeah. Very Which there deep. was a moment. He did have a joke, right? I feel like he said yes. something in it. it He's it making margaritas. Feel, yeah. <laughs> no salt, feel obviously. A little, a I little appreciate bit it. Like, yeah, yeah. It made me feel, get a little a little uh, Phil Dunphy action for sure. It, yeah. he, I, I Another guy. I Honestly, I think I saw this movie numerous times and had no clue he was in it. When I saw... Modern Family. I wasn't like, oh, that's the guy from Black right, Hawk right. Down. No, never. So this film strikes me as one of those ones that will come up, and 
this is maybe just for me, but is a extra credit opportunity for kids in U.S. history classes. And, um, you know, whenever they study, you know, like conflict with the U.S. and how the U.S. like fights wars or, you know, overseas and things like that. But as I was thinking about that, I'm like, would you show this movie to your kids? Um, there's some pretty gory stuff. I mean, we we mentioned the the femoral artery artery scene. I mean, that's that's rough. I mean, I literally I could see out of the corner of my eye, like my wife looking away. She wanted nothing to do with watching yeah. them shove around hand into somebody's into thigh. Somebody's yeah. thigh. I mean, that's that part's rough. I mean, you have a dude getting essentially cut in half you got an rpg uh which or the rpg sucking a guy you have an rpg essentially cutting a dude in half which by the way they said was real that actually happened in reality the dude during the the fight the only thing different was and that was was that kim Coates? it might have been um in reality the dude's torso and legs were held together by his spine and he survived unconscious for about two hours and Ridley Scott, he opted to depict it on screen as as he did because he felt audiences would not be able to suspend their disbelief if it was shown as it actually happened. Um, I subscribe with what he said. I yeah. think it was better to <laughs> just agree. sever the guy in half and and, and, and call it a day. Um, that was that blew my mind when I read that. I was like, oh, my God, that's real. Yeah, I think I would wait until the kids are closer to adults before I show it to him. More, more, more a 13, 14, 15, 16. I mean, maybe. I was 21 on when own. I saw this movie when yeah, it came yeah, out, and I yeah. feel like that feels like the bar. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with Brady. I think, like like I said, when you're, uh, when you're taking U.S. history in high school and you go to revisit this one as an extra credit, go ahead and you can pick that one up. I think it's fair to say the default is they – they should watch it when you watched it. There it is. I was twenty one. If I can decide to lower that bar, but if or if it's I could good enough decide, for me, it's good enough for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you got to one late and you're like, Oh shit, you could have watched that one, that's fine. I'm not sure I want to lower the bar from where I saw this movie. Yeah. The surprising fact for me, like at the end when they do the post credit was one, they saved Michael Durant, so Ron Eldard. Yeah, because um, he wasn't listed as one of the fallen soldiers. It but released eleven days later, I think. Eleven yeah. days later, and only nineteen soldiers were lost. Which yeah. I, based on the way they were shot, I would have figured it was upwards of thirty or forty. You saw all nineteen. <laughs> yeah, it was um, that was wild. So what's kind of interesting about that? So you know, at the end they listed all the all those soldiers. So I have a friend that grew that I grew up with. He's a year older than me. I'm friends with all the brothers. And he was he went into the military and became a ranger. And they part of that is they wear a bracelet with a former ranger who had died's name on it. Essentially. I, I know there's a name for it. I don't have the de- I don't have that. But it's in remembrance or in honor of, you know, someone a previous ranger and at one point i believe i believe he had uh ruiz's uh name he had so he had someone from that was actually one of the soldiers killed in this battle and and depicted in this movie as uh as on his on his wrist yeah so that was always a a, a, 
a pretty surreal uh, connection that he had to uh, to this. So, yeah, again, it's it's a wild film. Like to just think about again, like I don't know, you know, if you enjoy watching like the reenactment or retelling of uh, historical events, you know, it, it it was well done. You know, I'm sure it it has some pain for those that were closer to the situation than we are, but. I think it gives you a good feel for like, you know, just what war can do and how it happens, um, and and what goes on in it, and how you know there are some some individuals who can't handle the pain, like uh, or the the events, like the guy who had the the inhaler and he was like, I can't go back out there, versus you know Tom Sizemore and even Piven and Eldard when they were when their helicopters are going down, they're just like, Yep, Blackhawks going down. Uh, I'm just going to stay calm and we gotta, crash this helicopter. We got a Black Hawk down. We got a Black Hawk down. Lander's dad, he voiced over one of the iconic moments just depicting this movie, which reminds me, I, I could I actually laughed when it happened because I remembered South Park. Uh, it was, uh, we got a red sleigh down. We got a red sleigh down. They did a, <laughs> they did one with Santa's sleigh crashing to the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but I've always, uh, Again, really like this movie, and I, whenever I when I saw that episode, it just it really made me laugh. Depicted the same way, like on a radar or on like a screen, visually looking at an aerial shot. It's really really funny. Um, <laughs> South Park always always hits. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I was thrilled uh, to see this kind of resurface on on Netflix. Um, I haven't really paid attention to see if it you know got traction like Netflix does and became one of their hot movies or whatever but i i think this movie's awesome yeah i'm, I'm glad you made me rewatch it because i i don't know that i i would have on my own but uh like like uh like i said in the beginning it's just there was a lot of things from it that i do remember and just seeing it from as from an older perspective i, I could appreciate um it even more on this viewing so it was good so the bargain and it led bin, us to more we, Hartnet. we re- <laughs> we reopened the bargain bin because Hartnet. He made more than just one good movie, and we did not do Pick Pearl Harbor here. There is a movie that I've always remembered seeing and thinking it was like, wow, that was actually really good, and it just so happened to have Josh Hart in it. Uh, and it's a it. great pick for a bargain bin because yeah. this is one that not everyone's seen. It's definitely right. one of those where you would have you would have actually picked it up in the bottom of a 99-cent pile somewhere and been like, what movie is this? I don't remember this coming out. It's a very unique name, too. It's Lucky Number Slevin. And I'll tell you what, rewatching this, I'm thrilled that this holds up as a as what I thought it was was a really yeah. good movie. Yep, exactly right. It, it holds up for a, a hidden gem, a bargain bin item where it was it was solid all the way through, and it had no it had no business being as good as it is without with not having like a major release. Like what is what is uh, Ben Kingsley and um, Morgan Freeman doing in this movie? What are they doing in this movie? I, like, I was like, amazing. how cool. I liked seeing like a younger Morgan Freeman, like, you know, at least doing a little bit more, not a ton, but like, yeah, Ben Kingsley, Bruce Willis, Lucy Liu, like Stanley Tucci, Tucci, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. America loves Tucci these days. Yeah. America's always loved Tucci though. <laughs> I mean, legitimately really, really enjoyed going back through this. And, and I mean, I had, I told Mary, I was like, ah, I'm not sure you want to watch this. Just I knew kind of ballpark what the subject matter was, and I couldn't really remember enough to if she would want to 
want to go through it, and I I regretted that decision afterwards. I'm like, it was just they like it's just it's somehow like fun and like really entertaining. The story works really well. I, I there's really it's kind of great. Yeah, and, and, a, great, and a great twist. You know, for me, I, I always put this. I know we talked about the Boondock Saints before, and I always kind of lumped these two together as movies that I just didn't expect to like at all or hear anything about, and then watched on DVD and, and just enjoyed. But yeah, I think this one, watching it again, held up even be- way better than than Boondock, Boondock Saints did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just every, every piece fit, and I rem- I remembered most of it. Like obviously, I knew the big twist at the end, um, but but there was yeah, there was. Definitely parts I'd forgotten, um, and you know they tie a bunch of things together. I totally forgot about the Tucci part at the, at the very very end, um, and Agreed. I just I just think there was there was a time in the in during the like the the aughts the two thousands where the, yeah there there were a couple of these movies like this could still get made right like where they had a bunch of actors and maybe just kind of flew under the radar. I just don't I feel like that time is not as past <laughs> for nowadays. This is the first time I see, I've seen this. As I was watching it, I got a little, little Guy Ritchie vibes. Yeah, um, okay. like kind of like yeah. an American version, like the quick talking. The when he get first introduces to Lucy Liu, he's like, "Oh yeah, the three worst things that happened to me is like I lost my job, I got mugged, and all this stuff." And she's like, "Well, that was actually four, and and then like you got mugged, but you didn't lose your suitcase, or you didn't lose your watch, and all this stuff. Like you know, the little things that the people that pick up on and stuff like that." So. But I was I was pleasantly surprised. I will say, like, it was uh, it was good. I enjoyed it, and you know, I, like you said, Martin, the twist at the end was always a good capper on it. Yeah. So you, as a first time, like, did you call any of it or or think think at any time that yeah that and any of that you made on your uh, on snuffing on your, some of the, some of yeah the stuffing it out. out. I always felt like uh, Josh Hartnett knew more than what was going on. So that was the one thing I didn't really know how Bruce Willis played into it. And I'll be honest, I feel like this is—I had a newfound respect for Hartnett and his acting abilities in this mm-hmm. movie. I was like, he played it; he was great. I thought he I really th- crushed everything he needed to do. So I, I just want to give props where props are due. The the one note I had though was like when uh, the horse you know fell, and they were like, "Well, you know, if you if the horse loses, you owe us twenty two thousand dollars." Uh-oh, if they Matt. killed him and they killed his family, they're still out twenty two thousand dollars. <laughs> like, you're not getting that back. So I don't know what their motivation was to just kill him. Right. He didn't even win the bet. Right. <laughs> yeah. He had nothing. in some but again, that's what they the the message. Was, it was to send a message to everybody that a new there was a new boss in town and don't if, even if try anything bet, like this. You better at not. All. You better not walk anywhere. I mean, if I'm that mob accountant, though, like, listen, if all these people are losing bets, you got to find a way to recoup because we're still losing money. Yeah, it just kill them. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was just really, really fun rewatch, and I'll be honest, it made me kind of think that I needed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm missing Lucy Liu in my life. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, she did well. I thought she, her character was just like so fun and random and just all around uh kind of great and i was like what are the chances that she would actually go along with the whole blood pack and uh bulletproof vest thing yeah it seems like a leap uh for what uh, would presumably be a couple days 
or, or, or you know, a week and a half or whatever. Yeah. Um, guys, it, why, why are we why are we doubting the connection? We've already established you can have a I know, lifetime I know. bond exactly. with somebody in three days. That's all you need. Three days. Um, another person that uh, Corey stole sighting definitely before yeah. I knew who Corey stole right. was. Corey stole although somehow looks identical. <laughs> still, still Corey stole. <laughs> that was like a, a decade before I'd ever heard of him, and he looked yeah, literally he grind- identical. He was grinding. He was out there probably doing some theater or something, and then finally. <laughs> Hit it big with what billion? No, not billions. Uh, it was billions, but House of Cards. House of Cards is what it. Yeah, what yeah, it, yeah. House, House of Cards, Cards was brought him on, back put up, him, back around. Put him, I think, on on a, a higher level, and then yeah, um, yeah. So I'm looking up Lucy Liu because I was like, what you know, she's still out there doing stuff. I forgot yeah. she did that elementary show for like seven seven years. Oh wow, that's a long time. <laughs> she was Doctor Watson. Wow, seven years, Jesus! Um, yeah, she did an episode of uh, Curb twenty twenty one. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, sidetracked. That's all right. That's all right. Charlie's Angels. Sidetracked. I was. Yeah, she got that Charlie's money. Then she got that elementary money. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, just the strongest of recommendations. If you have never heard of Lucky Number Seven, if you haven't seen it in fifteen years, the rewatch is required. Yeah. Don't sleep it's, on Hartnet. Don't sleep on some of Hartnet. <laughs> you could sleep right on through the double disc uh, movie of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And I can't uh, remember if Wicker Park was good or not. I think it was okay. You know, I Rose thought Burns. of that when I was thinking of a bargain bin. I was like, you know, I don't remember. No, you made the I right call. I remember seeing Wicker Park, but I don't remember it. This I remember yeah. liking. In- I think Wicker Park was a remake of a horror movie, too, which is never good. The, the original is always better. I think you're like right. Reading probably has movie. both. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Did anybody watch Hollywood Homicide? Uh-uh. Was that a TV show? Yeah. No, it's no. it's Hartnett and Harrison Ford where they're oh. cops in Hollywood. and They, do, they solve homicides? Yeah, surprisingly <laughs> enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then wasn't he in like the Black Dahlia, or mm-hmm. yeah, Black yeah. Dahlia for sure. And then Which that was, was like the last good. time we heard from him. And and yeah, like I told you, he's in Oppenheimer. Uh, I think pretty good. Uh, he's you know he doesn't have the hugest role, but there's a there's a lot there's a big supporting cast in Oppenheimer too. Yeah, and, that was and, uh, I saw in in some of the promotional stuff. I was like, oh, didn't know all those people. And everyone, every he doesn't he doesn't detract. Like you're not like oh, it's. Josh Hartnett, you know, you kind of. I actually, I said that, and I'm sure a lot of people did, but but it doesn't take away from the movie. And you're like, oh, he's actually a good actor. He can actually he's, act. Martin says, you, you don't you don't say, oh, that's Josh yeah. Hartnett. He's like, I did, but <laughs> you won't. But you know, I'm sure the you, like we said, he hasn't been around for 20 years, so no nobody younger than me knows who right. he is. <laughs> Not that they're uh, watching Oppenheimer. They're all over. They're all over at Barbie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ah, uh, I was real, real fun rewatch, both, both of these movies. As always, thanks for listening. Subscribe, like, and follow wherever you listen, and make sure to tell your rival dads about us. They won't understand it's about the dad next to you, and that's it. That's all it is. Thanks, and go to bed.